1: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933, and Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the puck.
0: Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau and 670 The Scores Hockey Guy Jay Zawoski. Here I, am, Chicago.
1: Woo!
0: Welcome into the latest installment of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, only over the waves of internet, not in person. Unfortunately, today. The one, the only, Jay Zawaski of 670, the score, Jay, Stanley Cup Final, Blackhawks aren't in it, but the hockey has still been fantastic.
1: The hockey has been awesome, and before we get into breaking down the Cup Final, I just want to make sure we alert our listeners about the little change we announced on our Twitter. For those of, uh, those of you that don't have Twitter, don't follow us on Twitter, uh, the show is going to start sounding different uh, from here on out just a little bit. We've joined... Uh, with Blog Talk Radio's network of podcasts uh, as a way to monetize this a little bit more for James and I. We still get to keep our local sponsors. We still get to do all the content the way we want to do as often as we want. Nothing changes for us on the creative end. We just get to add in two or three minutes of commercials throughout the podcast. I know it's a slight inconvenience to you guys, the listeners, but puts a couple extra bucks in James and I's pocket every month. So um, we appreciate your support. Blog Talk Radio came to us and said, "Hey, we'd like you to join this network. This is what we provide." James and I spent what about forty-five minutes on the uh, phone with their president, Jay Soderberg, and he was sort of talking us through it. We discussed it and decided this would be the best thing for the podcast. So here's what we're doing from here on out. So as the show goes on, you're going to hear me kind of throw to a commercial break, like we'd be on a radio station, um, and there will be a couple minutes of commercials a couple times an hour. So I'm thinking maybe three, four minutes tops per podcast so nothing huge nothing crazy Um, but it's a good way for us to make some extra coin and to get some more promotion become more visible to the podcast universe and and again thank you to our listeners for their support because without that blog talk radio never picks us up on their radar and this opportunity never presents itself so um, we appreciate your support we appreciate your patience and i'm sure uh, it will not be a tough adjustment it will not be very intrusive so thank you all for your support and your kindness, and your love, and onward and upward with this podcast, which has really taken off over the last two years.
0: This all could have been avoided if you guys had just simply allowed us to garnish from the Patreon site, but you wouldn't do that, no. So we had to go out and find another revenue stream. This is on you, listeners.
1: What a jerk. That's James (laughs) DeVoe speaking. I disagree with him. Uh no i think they know you're kidding and yeah like james mentioned the patreon is still alive and and the reason we use our patreon donation site is to support the podcast not us james and i are not pocketing that money that money is being used for equipment for uh bandwidth which we wanted to pay for anymore which is nice
0: that is nice Um, yeah
1: yeah and i'm sure we're very soon going to be coming to an establishment near you for an in-person event and the beauty of blog talk radio james is that we can have live podcasts and take calls. Yes, we can, which is yes.
0: insane. And I have not, I really had not thought of that until we were off the phone and I was like, oh God, we can actually like act like a radio show kind of if we do a live remote kind of thing. Like people who maybe live in other places and won't be able to make it out to Chucks or Marishka's or, you know, if we do one outside of triple threat sports, which would be odd, but whatever. It, people outside of that area could call in and harangue us it's awesome
1: yes that's ideal we're live outside the printing press we're just gonna <laughs> shout really loud as chris is printing up hundreds of madhouse t-shirts uh you know you he can't hear us very well but we are live at triple threat sports in the we Winter assure House. you we're here <laughs> If you drive by the industrial complex, just wave at us and we'll shoot off a confetti rocket for you. I I
0: like to imagine triple threats like near like a toxic waste dump or something, and it would just be like this really weird area that prints off amazing t shirts. It might be, yeah, I don't know.
1: I can't guarantee you it's not. Let's put it that way. All right, (laughs) enough of that crap, enough of the business end of things. Let's get to the hockey. Uh, man, what a Stanley cup final we have so far. Pittsburgh leaves, leads two to one Nashville wins five, one in game three with an impressive showing. And you got to feel, you know, feel for Nashville a little bit. Cause they've had the large edge of play in my opinion, uh, throughout this whole series and they're, and they're still looking up at a two, one deficit. They've got to feel good knowing that they've been playing well, but man, to lose those first two games, especially game one where they were really handing it to the penguins What they have like 11 shots on goal total in the entire game.
0: Yeah, it was pathetic. The Penguins' effort in that game was surprising, and the scoreline was even more shocking because I was just like, "Wait a minute! How the hell did they win so thoroughly in that game?" It was just mind boggling.
1: Well, my favorite part of it was during the second period. You know, Pierre McGuire does the on the bench interview with the coach, and he says to uh, Peter Laviolette, "He goes, what are the Penguins doing that's causing your guys fits?'" And Laviolette looks up at the scoreboard. He goes, they've got seven shots through 32 minutes, Pierre. I think we're doing fine. (laughs) 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 It cracked me up. Jack Adams, Award
0: for that guy.
1: Well, I mean, they've been really good. They've been an awesome team all year. And uh, I told you, I've been rooting for them. I I think it's a cool story. Like I said, I think it's good for hockey. And uh, you and I were talking about it off the air, uh, how great Nashville is showing on television. That crowd was outstanding, fired up from... The moment the puck dropped to the end of the game, they were standing for most of the third period and probably longer. Um, the entire catfish thing has taken on its own life. This is the beauty of having some different teams deep in the playoffs. This is the good thing about that. Yeah, we all love the Blackhawks to go far every year. Um, but for to, for to have Nashville uh, this far into the playoffs, obviously as far as you can go... Uh, it's a good thing for the sport, and Nashville is showing up great as a hockey town, and they really are, and they have been for a few years. Yeah, they don't have a lot of other options over there. They've got them and the Tennessee Titans and then college sports, of course, but man, Nashville has really taken to hockey. Last night, you saw uh, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman at the game. I'm sure there were a ton of other celebrities there as well. It's really picking up steam, and it's really making a great—you know, the rest of the country now is going to pick up to Chicago's little se- secret— as to Nashville as destination road city.
0: Well, yeah, and we've, we've talked about it all season, how Nashville is a place that if you're looking for a hockey getaway, that's one of the places that has to be near the top of your list, just because there is the great atmosphere at Bridgestone arena, but there's also so much to do around it. And every hockey media type that is down in Nashville is saying that they've never seen a city jump behind a team the way that nashville has jumped behind the predators in this series it's been absolutely incredible it's just wall-to-wall golden blue jerseys there all the bars on the streets around the arena are just absolutely packed to the gills the fans are loud as hell they've got all the celebrities you mentioned keith urban and nicole kidman carrie underwood's there for games taylor swift i mean it's just like all these celebrities live in nashville and it's almost like this is what l a wants. like this is what the l a Kings would want to have all these celebrities in Nashville is somehow outdoing them in terms of the star power that they're drawing. And I know part of that's the novelty of it. It's the first time Nashville has ever been in a Stanley Cup final game, but it it's just amazing to me the electricity around that building. and really, I feel like it's translating into a lot of interest in this Stanley Cup final, and it's all thanks really to the people of Nashville and just how loud and insane that the supporters are of that team. And I know that some of the buzz is definitely because Pittsburgh is going for back-to-back cups, but that new blood element is really helping make this into a really special Stanley cup final.
1: Well, it's funny, you know, the penguins are the, the storybook team. It's a team that the league was rooting for to get to the finals in the Eastern conference probably, but guess what? They're not the story right now. No one's really talking about the Penguins. The entire Stanley Cup final has been about the Predators. The coverage, everything has been about the Predators, and that's great. I think it's really, really good. It's a good thing uh, for obvious reasons that, we, that we've discussed already. But um, I, I felt like it would be like, how can these rough scrabble you know, national Predators compete with the juggernaut of the Pittsburgh Penguins? It hasn't been that. That hasn't been the narrative. That hasn't been the story. It never was. And for that, I give him credit. They, the NHL has been pushing the Predators, and uh, I would like to see him push their players a little more. But the story of them is a legit contender, and Nashville is hockey town. Is something they've done a good job of presenting and selling. So I'm pretty happy with, with the way the league has gone about promoting the Predators themselves. Now, again, off the air, you and I were talking about P.K. Subban and how we'd like to see him and his rivalry with Sidney Crosby become more of a thing. Um, and I and I definitely would would welcome that. I'm sure you would, too.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I always love the, uh, I-, I love the head-to-head battle. I love the trash talk. It's one of my favorite things in sports, and it really between Crosby and Suban, a great little like kind of back and forth is starting to develop. And we saw it again after the game last night. And I really want the NHL to start highlighting stuff like that because I feel like that that's another thing that sells. Like anytime there's any sort of tiff between players, like in the NBA Finals, for instance. ESPN talks about it ad nauseum, and that's all tongues are wagging about after the game. Like, not even like, oh, Kevin Durant had an amazing game one. No, everyone was talking about Kevin Durant and Rihanna allegedly going back and forth and stuff. And it's just like, the NHL could very easily do that without having to resort to, like, Photoshopping Carrie Underwood into taunting of Genie Malkin after the game last night. All they have to do is focus on Sidney Crosby and P.K. Subban kind of jawing at each other and i feel like it would just add another layer to what's already been an awesome story
1: yeah totally totally right about that and the rihanna thing it's so funny it's like uh he's looked in her direction and and all of a sudden now there's a rivalry with with rihanna and kevin durant like do you really think like during the course of a game kevin durant's worried about what Rihanna's doing or saying i would hope not I yeah. do you think if you were competing and I mean Rihanna's there and you're gonna notice her, she's probably like the sexiest woman on the planet. But um I don't know. I don't think that he's concerned about who she's rooting for and talking smack to her. That's that's, that's kind of a ridiculous premise in my but anyway, it doesn't matter because people are talking about it. It's getting people interested in the series, not that they needed much more. It was basically a eighty two game build up to that and playoffs build up that's to a, that inevitable yeah, exactly. match. Mm -hmm. but uh anyway no one's here for the nba (laughs) but but you're right i think just playing up those rivalries playing up that fun is a really smart idea And, and hopefully the league catches on to it sooner or later
0: well i mean it's it's all about it's not just about the games on the ice it's not just about the game on the court it's also about all the peripheral stuff too and you can get mad all you want but the reality is that the casual sports fan is gonna that's going to more ring their bell, so to speak, when you've got all that other kind of stuff going on as opposed to just the action on the ice, because I mean, last night's game wasn't particularly competitive. The Penguins somehow have managed to win two games, even though Nashville has been holding the balance of play. It's been a very interesting series for hockey fans, but just from a casual perspective, it's not like these have been like nail biting games, you know? So you kind of need that ex- that extra curricular stuff to you know kind of make an appearance i think just to kind of spice things up a little bit but man this has been one of the more fun finals just with all of the stuff going on around it that i can remember and i w- i hope the nhl realizes that and they really capitalize on it
1: definitely and you mentioned casual fans and that's the sort of thing those are the people you're going to capture with those outside of the game stories right because i think a lot of the general public when they hear hockey they just think meh i don't know it. i don't understand it i'm never going to watch it but if you can say like hey this player's got a thing going on with this famous celebrity or you've heard of Sidney crosby right well him and this star player from nashville have this huge rivalry going and if that's shown on sports center or whatever you know sports news show you take in and get your news from um you know that's going to sell and get people interested and that's i mean that's sadly it's not just about the game anymore really in any sport and I think you're seeing baseball sort of suffer from that as well um and what was the most compelling story this year was the Orioles and Red Sox with Machado and with Pedroya and all that stuff so um and the the stuff with um wow Adam Jones in Boston as well it's the off and that's not a good story but it's something that's away from the game that brings attention to it And that's the sort of thing that the NHL needs and has needed for a long time. And, hey, you've got two of your brightest stars uh, doing that right now in the Stanley Cup final. Shine a light on it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't feel like it's going to make it feel like a goon sport. It's not. It's the playoffs. People understand, you know, how intense it gets. So, um, you know, it's probably a little late now to rethink the marketing strategy. But um, I don't know. I I think it's entertaining hockey anyway. And I just want other people in the country to to get on board and like it as much as we do. Please like my sport, I guess. Yeah, please like
0: our sport, bro. It's awesome.
1: You know what else is awesome, James?
0: Many things, but I'd imagine you're going to tell me about something.
1: Yeah, thank you for the segue opportunity. Uh, (laughs) Mariska's Restaurant, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, 815-723-9371, family-owned and operated at the same location since nineteen. Thirty-three. They've got their hand-cut products in their own butcher shop, including their steaks, burgers, and the famous, world famous, soon to be galaxy famous poor boy sandwich. They serve the highest quality of steaks, seafood, and chops, and numerous homemade items made fresh in-house, including their onion rings and the double-baked potatoes the size of your head. James's favorite, the Icelandic cod, which is hand-cut on premises. It's outstanding. They've got a full carry-out menu, a great bar with great craft beers they can facilitate 110 people in their banquet facilities. So visit marishkas.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas. Open seven days a week and close only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. When James and I return from the short break, we will discuss some more of the Stanley Cup final as well as some of the Blackhawks news that broke over the course of this week. You're listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Man, this is awesome. Feels like we're doing a real radio show, Jay. I'm digging this. No, it um, feels we... real, isn't it? <laughs> we we've been discussing the uh Stanley Cup final and we've been discussing just the general atmosphere, the craziness around uh game three in Nashville and just how amazing this series has been so far. But I'm I'm intrigued because there's something that I've been wanting to ask. About the final and about how Nashville has kind of embraced you know its identity as a hockey city, and I, I'm genuinely curious, do you think there's another kind of under the radar city in the us or in Canada or whatever that if they hosted a Stanley Cup final, they would have the same kind of reaction, the same kind of newsworthiness that Nashville has kind of brought to the table I'm trying to think of another market that might do the same thing. And I'm honestly drawing a blank, Jay. Do you, is there another place that could potentially be a Nashville-type market?
1: Well, I think the first thing we need to do is sort of find what those teams might be, right? So the tra- non-traditional hockey cities mm-hmm. with an, um, I don't know, like with an area that allows a party to happen, right? I guess that would sort of be... Cause the whole, the atmosphere of Nashville itself lends itself to this sort of craziness. Right. Cause you walk outside and it's dollar PBRs as far as the, I can see. Right. Um, so I guess the closest comparison, at least for places I've been, I've been to Tampa. I've been to, I'm trying to think of places that would fit this mold that I've been to. So probably Tampa and Columbus would be the two. And I think Columbus could sort of become that if they were to make the cup final, it's a college town a big college town, obviously, right outside the arena. There's sort of an arena district, nothing mm-hmm. like Nashville, nothing like Wrigley Field, but they've got sort of in a, you know, a couple restaurants, a couple bars right around the building, and I could see Columbus Blue Jackets fans really going crazy if the Jackets were somehow to get to the cup final. That was off the top of my head without knowing that question was coming. That was sort of the first one I thought of and really the only one outside of Tampa. There's a couple things to do there, but if I'm, I mean, I was there in like 04, so it hasn't been recent, but as far as I remember, there's not a ton of like great things to do right outside the, the building.
0: Yeah, I was kind of, I was going in the same direction you were thinking of Columbus. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm struggling to think of like other arenas and other kind of sun belt, non-traditional market teams that would kind of be able to replicate the outside atmosphere around the arena like that. And yeah, Columbus was the one that came up to me immediately. And I was also thinking about, and I know we bring up the Arizona market a lot because I'm out there so often and I've got family out there. And I was kind of thinking about it. And I feel like with the Westgate Shopping Center that's around Gila River Arena, where the Coyotes play, you could get that atmosphere. The problem is it's not in downtown Phoenix. And so you're never going to have the kind of foot traffic I wouldn't think that you have around the arena in Nashville. Now, if the Coyotes were to move back downtown, or if they were to get an arena near Tempe, where Arizona State University is, then maybe you could have that kind of atmosphere. But I don't think at their current location, you could do that. So tossing them aside and tossing out, I don't think Carolina you're ever going to quite get that kind of insanity in Raleigh. No offense to the good people of North Carolina. I've always heard great things about Raleigh. I would love to visit there. But yeah, man, I think Columbus is pretty much the only, it's the only place I can really think of that could even come close to matching that in terms of a non-traditional hockey market. So we're obviously, we're dispensing with places like Washington and Minnesota that you know, right. have been to the Stanley Cup final recently, but those aren't non-traditional markets. So for the context of this conversation, I think we're probably just going to end up having to say, hey, Columbus, get to the cup final and show us what you got.
1: Yeah. And it, I think also we should give a little credit to Florida too. When the Panthers made the Stanley Cup final, it was pretty crazy around there as well. Um, with the whole, with the rats and everything that really took on a life of its own. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if it's, I wonder if it is limited to that. I wonder if our listeners have any thoughts on this, too. Hit us up at madhousepod at gmail.com. Let us know if you can think of anything that would sort of take on the life that is taken here in Nashville. Uh, the only thing, like we said, I think Columbus is probably the best candidate, but I'm sure we're missing something. So let us know if you would de- agree, disagree, what you think. James, we also have some Blackhawks news uh, to discuss here, and the news came out this week of and something that we've sort of suggested on the show before I have heard it whispered, here and there that there might be like a wink wink nudge nudge deal with Vegas here that if they somehow take Marcus Kruger off the Blackhawks hands the Hawks would then expose Van Reemstike in the expansion draft for Vegas to take mm-hmm. now i like where bowman's head is at right saying okay look we have this contract that we're sort of saddled with all things being equal we'd love to keep marcus kruger but we've got big cap problems and this is a a, a contract we can move without hurting the team too deeply you do this for us we'll leave this guy exposed but my question is don't they kind of have to leave him exposed anyway
0: they don't have to I mean mean,
1: looking at the numbers looking at the the qualifications of guys they have to protect wouldn't he I I mean who else do they really have that can be
0: well the the trick is if they if they protect Trevor Van Riemsdyke what ends up happening is that they end up not being able to protect guys like Richard Panic and Ryan Hartman, because you've got the minimum, the numbers, it becomes a numbers game at that point, because you can, def- I believe you can protect seven forwards and three defensemen, or you can protect eight skaters. And if they protect Trevor Van Riemsdyk, right. that yeah. puts them at eight, because that's all of their uh, no trade clause contracts. That's that literally would be it. If they protected Trevor Van Riemsdyk, You would leave Richard Panic exposed. You would leave um, Marcus Kruger exposed. Ryan Hartman would be exposed. All those guys could be protected if the Blackhawks decide to leave Trevor Van Riemsdyk exposed. So if I'm Vegas, what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, I would like Trevor Van Riemsdyk, but if the Blackhawks are going to play hardball here and threaten to protect him, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, fine. We'll just take, you know, Ryan Hartman or Richard Panic. I'd be OK with that if I was Vegas. Those guys are on relatively cheap contracts and they're productive players. I think that Vegas has every right and every ability to kind of play hardball back against the Blackhawks here. So unless they're like dead set on getting Trevor Van Riemsdyk, I'm not sure this play by the Blackhawks is going to work.
1: It seems to me, just from the way I've heard it, that it's kind of a done deal. That like it's already kind of been agreed upon, and it's just a matter of the, you know, cup final ending for this deal to get done. I don't know if that's true. I, I mean, it's just sort of what I've, I've, I've heard it as like an understanding of well, this is going to happen, you know. And of course, that's coming from people in the Blackhawks organization. So take it for what it's worth. But, um, to, I don't know. So the way it's been discussed, and now the way that it's so specifically leaking nationally. Right, like uh, I, I believe it was Pierre Lebron that wrote it. If I'm, I, I should have known that. My mistake. I'm pretty sure it was him. I think and it was Frank sort of,
0: Saravali from TSN.
1: You're right. He had it first. You're absolutely right. And he was sort of reporting it verbatim, as like what I've heard. So maybe he's hearing from the same people I am. Who knows? Um, but I don't know. It just seems like a lot of people have just sort of assumed that's going to be what happens. And uh, adding Marcus Kruger to a team that's up and coming that's obviously it's going to be their first game ever played um to add a guy like that could be really beneficial for them i I don't know it's uh it's interesting this whole this whole expansion draft thing is is kind of crazy and i feel like vegas can pretty quickly become a pretty good team Mm -hmm. um and, and as we've been talking about this you know i've never been van Reem's like biggest fan but when you look at what's coming you know down the pipeline the hawks have a lot of forward. Depth, right? They've got a lot of guys that can step up. You've got I heard you on the score this week. Awesome hit, by the way, with Hub Arkish I talking have. about Alex 14 and uh henestroza's development and Alex DeBrinket's uh ex- you know uh, he seems to be eminently joining the team here. So there's a lot of forward depth in the pipeline defensively, not so much. So while panic and Hartman are better players, there's no doubt about that, then Trevor Van Reem's like maybe. For the Hawks, it makes more sense to try to hang on to him and keep him in the fold because it's a guy that's got some experience that's shown slow improvement, but an improvement nonetheless. Um, I don't know. As we're sitting here talking about it, I'm wondering if they should try to do what they can to protect Van Riemsdyke.
0: See, to me, it's just all – I'm curious why this is all leaking out. I'm curious why this understanding has become so well-known publicly because – I feel like teams going into this expansion draft, I think we noticed like when there was originally the reports that they weren't going to publicize the list of protected players. I'm very curious why with that kind of emphasis on secrecy or potential emphasis on secrecy, why this information would become so widely disseminated so quickly. It's, it's just, it's ringing a weird note with me. Like I don't really get why They would want this to become so well publicly known. Are they wanting a team to jump in and make them a trade offer for Trevor Van Riemsdyk potentially before they can expose him in the expansion draft? Are they kind of hoping they can get a better deal from somebody else like that to me, it's the only thing that makes sense short of, you know, them being way too loose with what they're doing like that. I don't, I don't look at Stan Bowman as the kind of guy who's just going to, you know, cavalierly say, oh, well, you know, we're going to trade this guy. He plays things a lot closer to the vest than that. So there has to to be an ulterior thing going on here. And if I'm theorizing and I don't have the sources in the Blackhawks organization that Jay does, my theory is that they're trying to get another team involved here so that they can drive up their price on Trevor Van Riemsdyk. And so they don't have to worry about maybe tossing in a pick as a sweetener, even when they make this trade with Vegas, because Vegas is going to give you salary cap relief. You're going to have to give them some kind of sweetener in order to do that. So maybe the Blackhawks are just kind of trying not to put as much sugar on the deal, so to speak, by kind of dangling this rumor and maybe getting another team to get involved and get interested in Trevor Van Rensdyk.
1: That's an interesting philosophy, and I, I, I like where your head's at because you're right. Bowman's not the sort of guy that's going to have things leak out. And uh, you remember, let's let's rewind to very early this season, and a couple people, including myself, were reporting that the Blackhawks were very, very close to acquiring Nail Yakupov from the Edmonton Oilers, right? Bullet dodged. The guy sucked. Glad they didn't get him, right? <laughs> However, the deal fell apart. From what I've been told, the deal fell apart because Edmonton – was pissed off that the story had leaked, and said to Stan Bowman, you know what, you guys screwed this up, we didn't want this getting out until the deal was done, it got out, deal's off, screw you, and went and traded him to the St. Louis Blues as quickly as they possibly could, right? hmm With that in mind, I don't think the Blackhawks, without, like you said, an ulterior motive, are going out there and, and blurting out to everyone what their trade and expansion draft plans are. The only reason I could sort of justify it, if it is on its surface, yep, yep, this is what's happening, is that with Vegas, it doesn't really affect anyone else necessarily. You know, it's just sort of like, because it's an expansion draft is its own living, breathing thing that only Vegas has access to for the time being, um, maybe that's sort of the idea. I don't know. But, I, Vegas I think also, you're right
0: but Vegas also has the ability to trade with 29 other teams, too. So, I mean, if you're if you're trying to make sure that you extract the best deal possible, you can definitely make the argument that it would make sense to try to make sure that you're not giving up too much in a deal that's going to save you three million dollars in salary cap room and is going to define what you're going to do in the expansion draft. So, well, the other problem
1: to consider is that Marcus Kruger does not have much value to any team but Vegas. When you think about it, right? True. Like, which other team in the league is going to say, yeah, give us your, what is it, 3.1 or whatever the hell it is? Give us that deal for Marcus Kruger, a really, really good fourth line center who's not really shown that he can score at this level. Give us that guy and give us that money because we're going to take a shot. No, to a team like Nashville, who's got a roster to fill out that wants to be uh, competitive on the ice from the start, Marcus Kruger makes a ton of sense. You've also got a guy with two Stanley Cups. Um, and tons of experience in in those games Uh, I think absolutely you know trading for them it makes sense for Vegas totally for the other teams in the league I'm not so sure (laughs) taking that contract on and Marcus Kruger makes a ton of sense
0: well that's exactly why Vegas could potentially ask the Blackhawks for trade sweeteners too. be like hey we're the only team that's really gonna do you this solid so you know Yeah, that draft pick that you have in 2018 looks kind of, you know, appetizing. You could maybe toss in a lower level prospect, maybe like a Victor Svedberg or something. You know, you want to toss something like that into the deal. And maybe the Blackhawks are tired of having to put sweeteners into deals and maybe they don't want to do it.
1: Interesting. Well, we're going to find out soon. (laughs) I mean, all this over the next calendar month, it's going to be insane what happens in blackhawks world i don't know if you saw um uh was it john was it mark potash or deets it was one of the writers one of the beat writers again I, i'm not prepared i suck uh tweeted out that him and brian hedger were told quote you won't believe what's going to happen this offseason
0: they're trading our yeah. temi panarin i well if maybe, if, it's, but... if it's gonna be that level that has to be it has to be at that level of trading Artemi Panarin because we know they're not trading Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves.
1: And if they traded Brent Seabrook, would you say, I can't believe that?
0: I would totally. Well, here's the thing I would say that if they managed to trade him without taking a significant amount of salary back.
1: Right. Yeah, but I mean, to, to present it in that way, like you won't believe what they're about to do. It's
0: going to be Artemi Panarin, then it has to I be on think that so. level.
1: Who would be, I guess, Anisimov would be sort of qualified there too. And I
0: still think that would be a really bad idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just, you know, you know me. I've been talking about Panarin all along. And um, now that time has passed, I'm getting cold feet about it a little bit. Like, I don't know. He's known your best scores for two years. I know he's sucked in the playoffs, but no one else is doing much of anything either. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. if
0: you need... Ironically, we're switching positions on this. Then. No, no.
1: I'm not, I'm not switching positions. I'm just saying like it's not as easy as I thought it was to swallow. That's a, a tough pill to swallow. Um, but the reason we're doing it, and again, it's not just like, get rid of this bump Panarin he sucks. No, the idea is how can you clear salary and improve the team at the same time? And that is the best way to do it. Because if you're trading Panarin, you're getting a quality NHL player back and you're getting some cap relief. So that's yep. the idea. It's not trade Panarin because he sucks. It's trade Panarin because he's the best option to, f- to fix your two problems.
0: And not to toot my own horn, but that's basically what I told Hub Arkish the other day. I told him, like, look, this isn't something that I'm looking at as like Artemi Panarin is something wrong with the team. He's not a liability. The thing that I'm pushing here is that Artemi Panarin is the one guy on this roster, I truly believe this, that you can trade away get salary cap relief, get a great return for, and you could potentially have a replacement for in the pipeline. You trade away Brent Seabrook. You're going to get some cap relief, but you're really hurting your defense. You're not getting the return back that you would want. I mean, that, that right there is two things that you're not going to get in an Artemi Panarin deal. And it's right. the same thing with countless other guys on the roster. Corey Crawford, trading him would be a disaster, for the Blackhawks, it would be an unmitigated disaster if they. Well, trade especially it.
1: now, without without Darling, it's exactly
0: like that. Just would be an unmitigated disaster. So if you look at the thing that's going to have the most net positives, while still not being the most palatable, the most you know happy you're ever going to be, if you trade Artemi Panarin, you're obviously going to be not thrilled with that. But all those positives, you have to look at that and go, okay this might actually make sense and it's a really it's a weird line to kind of tiptoe past just keep it in mind guys and especially if that those reports are out there that the Blackhawks are going to do something that's that big of magnitude this is a Brandon Sod situation all over again as far as I'm concerned
1: right it was John Dietz by the way I was correct in my first instinct by the way if you'd like to pre-order yourself and our Temi Panarin St. Louis Blues jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Hit up Maybe they'll trade him to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hit up Triple Threat Sports. They are the place to go to get your NHL jerseys lettered. You know that. I think you also know by now they're the place to go to hook up your team with sweet jerseys, whether you're football, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, anything, they will hook you up. You got 100 kids' outfit. You got 12 kids' outfit, 12 adults, whatever you got. Triple Threat will put you in pro-quality jerseys at pricing you can afford. Your team might suck, but you're going to look great losing. I guarantee you that. Triple Threat will work with you on every aspect of the job. Logo design, fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it. So visit TripleThreatSports.com or call Chris at 708-478-6090. 708-478-6090. You can email him to at Chris at Triple Threat Sports. If you can wear it, they can make it. When we come back, I've got a hesitant update to the Taco Girl story. And and I'm also going to have
0: an insane trade proposal for the Blackhawks and the Vegas Golden Knights.
1: I like it. That and more, including your emails, when we return on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking about. Blackhawks trades which is probably going to be the topic we're going to talk about for half of the summer because this team is definitely in need of a big move and before the break Jay had been talking about John Dietz's report that a mind-blowing trade was possible with this team like you would not believe what's going to happen I have a thought Jay let's hear it if the Blackhawks can't get the top defenseman that I would imagine they would probably be looking for in our Temi Panarin trade. What if they traded Panarin to the Vegas Golden Knights for the sixth overall pick in a prospect? What would you think of that? Wow.
1: Dude, I love that for many re- reasons. Okay. Reason number one is that makes the draft in Chicago instantly Interesting. to local fans okay um it also gives you cheap potentially nhl ready talent right away yep and all the cap relief you need i love that idea and for vegas it makes a lot of sense too because it gives them a huge splash they get a established star player with name recognition with nhl achievement um youth Everything you, that could be there if they don't trade for Ovechkin, wank wink, wink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be their marquee player that yeah. I think that's a great idea. And I know, and I know that, you know, well, you know, Vegas, they're not going to want to give up that number six pick. That could be a franchise player. Guess what? The odds of that player being as good or better than our Panarin are pretty slim. I would think. I would agree. Y- you are by making that deal, you're assuring yourself at least a star, right? Yep. um yeah he makes a lot of money sure he makes a lot of money but you're guaranteeing yourself and you're sort of advancing that process instead of waiting two three years for that kid to develop into hopefully artemi panarin you've already got the guy and you are already kind of ready to compete mm-hmm. i love that idea i think it's a no-brainer for both sides i, I absolutely I, do
0: i would like to put this out there that if this happens at the draft or before the draft if the Blackhawks trade Artemi Panarin for the sixth overall pick, I, I want it known far and wide that I called it. I This would be my Da Vinci. This would be my masterpiece, man. That is what this would be if this were to happen. I would go, Jay has had great reports. He's had awesome sources that have given him some big scoops. This conjecture and this like thought that I've had this would be my masterpiece that I would brag about forever if it happens.
1: And you should. And I mean, when you said it, I thought, oh, my God, this might be what, what's actually going to happen. That sounds like that sounds so realistic. And it makes so much sense that it's almost stupid if it doesn't happen.
0: Well, I mean, look, the New Jersey, what was the last time we saw like a top 10 draft pick get traded straight up for a player? It was what like the Corey Schneider trade, right?
1: Yeah, probably. Yep.
0: Where the Devils traded, I think it was the ninth overall pick to Vancouver for Corey Schneider. I would argue Artemi Panarin is a better player than Corey Schneider. And so bumping that pick up by three spots, I feel like if you're Vegas, you can't look at the sixth overall pick in this draft class and go, oh yeah, we're definitely getting a guy who's going to be NHL ready day one. I don't think you can do that.
1: No way. So I don't even know if this year's number one overall pick will be ready this year.
0: Exactly. Like this, this year, it's still a very valuable pick because you're still getting a guy that's extremely talented and you can identify him and you can really, I mean, you could get potentially a really good defenseman in this spot if you're the Blackhawks and it's great for your future. Now, I know that it hurts you in the short term, but the Blackhawks are, they're well positioned in terms of having a lot of guys that they can bump up Into the top six, and you're not going to be able to replace Artemi Panarin with one guy. But if you throw Nick Schmaltz, if you throw Alex DeBrincat, Alexander Fourteen, Ryan Hartman, there are a lot of guys that collectively could replace at least some of, if not most of, Artemi Panarin's production. I I think this is it. That's a trade if I'm the Blackhawks and I'm looking to get a potential maybe franchise blue liner. And I'm looking to make a splash in the draft. That's at my arena. That's I'm looking right there.
1: Man, that makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a ton of sense to me. And you know, you mentioned filling in that missing offense with some of the guys they have now. You also, if you lose Kruger and uh, Panarin, if they both get traded, you've got that. Now you've got some money to play with. Free now you
0: have cap space. Yeah,
1: right. And I'm not saying you're going to bring in someone of Artemi Panarin's level, but Some of that, you know, go to the net gumption that they've been missing, um, that you you can sign a guy like that for two or three million bucks who can score now and again and go and and do the the dirty work that a lot of the Hawks were unwilling to do this year during the playoffs. Dude, I love that idea. I think it's fantastic. And I think that you should be the new Hawks GM.
0: Yes, I am successful.
1: (laughs) I think it's great. Uh we want to know what you guys think. Hit us up, madhousepod at gmail.com or tweet at us on Twitter at MadhousePod. Make sure you follow us there too. And by the way, as we uh we have talked about this new change to our podcast, reviews and uh, you know, ratings, all these things really will help us out. Um so please make sure you rate and review the podcast as well. Um so I have an update to the taco story. The update is I I, I probably can't talk about it anymore
0: oh no what happened
1: well i am really really hesitant to talk about it and i might even edit this out after you and i discuss because um i sort of need your judgment here so yesterday <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yesterday i went in there okay and uh i didn't think she was working my parents ordered my parents moved yesterday helped to move so they're like let's get dinner I'm like cool let's go right here it's around the block so uh we go there i'm sitting there waiting for the food and I don't see her. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, she's taking a day off. She's never off. She's there every time I'm there. So um, she comes to the counter. She must have been in the back. She's like, oh, hey, um, someone came here because of you. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so she goes, yes. She goes, I guess you're kind of like a big deal on Twitter. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I like I work in radio and I, I talk hockey and like hockey fans know who I am, like somewhat, Right. And she's like, oh, well, like, I've always wanted to work in radio. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting, because I teach at Illinois Media School. She's like, really? Oh, my God, that's so cool. And I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> I'm like, let me run to my car. I'll get you my card. And I give her my card. And she's like, all right, I'm going to email you, and we'll figure this out. Like I, And she's like, I want to start a podcast, and I, I've got all these ideas. I'm like, cool. Run them by me. So we can't talk about it anymore like what if she's like oh he's got a podcast i'm gonna check it out <laughs> so this this, all right i'm not gonna edit it out i'm not gonna edit it out but this is the last time it comes up or we have to wait till we're like 40 minutes in to discuss it because there's no way she's listening to 40 minutes of hockey talk
0: <laughs> i can't get over this <laughs> and this i have to ex-
1: tell you you were the first person i texted like as i'm pulling out I texted James, do I have a taco story for you? <laughs> yes. oh, oh, I forgot this too. I and I said this to my uh I told my cause I the jokes and my parents are in on the joke too. So I'm like, so did you ever I'm like, you just want to do radio or t or TV too? And she's like, No, I just want to do radio. And I'm like, you could totally do TV. And they were oh, like, Oh look what you did. I know. Hey. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow, well. we'll goes,
0: wow. wow. <laughs> all
1: right. I'm a happily married man. <laughs> What's funny though? Yesterday, the funniest part is so uh my parents hired movers. They were awesome, but one of the movers, like Hope, came over to my parents'. I was like halfway through the move, and Hope had not been there all day. And the movers like, "Hey, Hope," <laughs> and she's like, "Hi." and he's like how are you she's like i'm good i'm good and i'm gonna just watch him from the other room laughing because she got so uncomfortable and then uh like as he was moving something down the stairs he was like he kept looking at her (laughs) i'm Mm -hmm. like that dude is into you so he's cute i like him too i'm like all right you can run away with the mover and i'll run away with the taco girl and we'll be happy
0: wow i i'm glad we've gotten this all out into the open jay i feel like this has been a very productive (laughs) podcast now (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the wrong thing to say. I'm extremely happy in my marriage. And it proof that I am happy is the fact that I can joke with this about this stuff to my wife, which is like to clear part one of the main reasons I married her was because she's not jealous. She's not silly that way. She just it's funny. It's fun. We like to joke around. We would never act on any of these things. It's just like I think we like well... to kind of tease each other about it
0: we'll wait until we'll wait and see if she brings this up in an argument down the line before we officially declare this some some type of victory for you are you implying <laughs> that spouses
1: bring up old things in arguments how dare I, you Stuart? i would
0: never do such a thing it's not like i've been married seven years and know this firsthand no of course no, not
1: that would no. never happen
0: you know what in fact i'm so confident in that let's get to emails right now and not talk about that anymore
1: let's do it
0: Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at
1: madhousepod. The email segment is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe. They have two locations in Burbank and in Darien. Burbank 6501 West 79th Street, Darien 8025 South Cass Avenue, just north of Cass off of I-55. Can't miss it. Chuck'sCafe.com. They have the best in barbecue, Mexican, and Cajun fare. My favorites are the Saturday special, the Cochinita Pibil. The barbecue nachos are insane. The jambalaya is the best I've ever had. And like I said last week, I can't imagine any jambalaya being better than Chuck's. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Their daily specials are always incredible as well. There is something for literally everyone at Chuck's. If you want a basic cheeseburger, you want some mac and cheese, they'll knock it out of the park for you. If you want an elaborate Cajun dish with all the accoutrements, I don't know if I said that right, but all that stuff, Chuck's will nail it for you. Chuck Pine is a chef there, and he uh, trained under Rick Bayless, a renowned Chicago chef, so you know the food there is outstanding. And get this, they were on the same episode of Chicago's Best as Marishka's.
0: No way. How about that? They, they must have been tuning into our podcast when they put that episode together.
1: I think it was long before we had a podcast, but sure, we'll take credit for it. Always. Um, <laughs> uh, so check out that. You can just YouTube it. Just YouTube Chicago's Best Chucks, and you'll find it. Uh, they've got an amazing bar with an ever-rotating craft beer menu. They always tweet out uh, what new beers they've added, so follow them on Twitter at Chucks Cafe. They offer catering services, banquets, and more. You can host your wedding there if you'd like. Like I said, they appeared on Chicago's Best. They were also featured on Food Networks, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. So visit ChucksCafe.com or follow them on Twitter at ChucksCafe. Again, two locations, Burbank and Darien. And now that they are the official sponsor of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast email segment, the emailer of the show will not only receive a hockey card for my collection, they will also receive free breakfast, courtesy of Chucks, good at either of their locations. Chuck's breakfast is amazing and you will love it. So, you send us a good email. You're win yourself a fabulous breakfast. How's that?
0: That's pretty freaking awesome, man.
1: All right. Thank you, Chucks. So let's start here. Tim Schreiner, longtime emailer, he says, uh, I thought he listened to last week's podcast. He says, Of course, I think of my question right after I listened to the podcast. What have you made of the latest Taze versus Crosby banter on Twitter? It seems hockey Twitter all of a sudden thinks Taves is the most overrated player in the game. All everyone is comparing is their stats. They are two completely different players. I'm not denying Crosby isn't the best in the world. I just think it's unfair to attack Taze for being included in that top 100 because he doesn't. His stats don't compare. Thanks as always, Timmy. That's a good, good email, Timmy. Um, and I, I a couple years ago, uh, wrote a post about uh, Jonathan Taze and I said. That if I was starting a franchise, Taves would be the guy I would pick. And there were several GMs that have said the same thing before and after I wrote that piece. Um, there's a reason for that: the leadership, the uh, accomplishments, all those things that make D- Jonathan Taves a great player. He is. However, I think the conversations changed a little bit over the last couple of years because the offensive production's been down, the playoff performance has been down. And he's been banged up a little bit. So I think the story has changed a little bit. I do think it's unfair to say, well, because Taves is not Crosby, he sucks. That's ridiculous. It's yeah. sort of like what's happening with LeBron James. Like, well, he'll never be Jordan. Okay. Can he be the second best player ever? Is that still pretty good? Right? Like, it's, not, it's, it's either the problem with all sports analysis these days is it's either you're good or you suck. There's no, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Taves is not Sidney Crosby. I agree with that. Sidney Crosby is a better player than Jonathan Taves. However, I still think Taves is awesome, absolutely, totally deserves to be in the top 100 of all time, and is going to have more accomplishments before his career is over.
0: Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. I feel like you pretty much nailed everything on the head.
1: Okay, then. You're still <laughs> just basking in the glow of your awesome trade proposal.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of. it's like smoking after sex. That's exactly what I'm doing right now.
1: I wouldn't know. Oh. um our guy Paul tobeck wrote us. He's the one who makes the Blackhawks totes. Um I said they were wood. They're polyurethane. So I guess um, he's
0: Paul Totebeck. <laughs>
1: couldn't sit back on that one, could you? Wrap that cigarette up a little too quick. Uh but yeah, we tweeted him out uh on the Madhouse Pod Twitter account. These awesome polyurethane blackhawks beer totes so check those out there and you can hit up paul on twitter if you want to buy one they are super cool and he is dedicating one to the cause as well so thank you paul for that email here from kevin peak he said i took jay's advice to pick someone to root for i ended up picking ottawa because eric carlson and definitely not their style of play (laughs) this is what happens when i root for teams they lose sorry eric i'm gonna have to watch this final but choose a side to root for." If Pittsburgh wins, I just don't see it making them better team over the Hawks over the decade. Personally, I find that an argument with no end unless they meet in the final. And I think Nashville fans are excited and great, but I can't throw my support their way as their organization constantly treats their NHL team like a minor league organization. Sorry, but the chants are stupid. And no matter what you think, uh, I'm sorry, are stupid no matter what you think, educate those fans because they are without a doubt supportive yeah, I see what you're saying. It's tough to choose between these two. I ch- I chose to root for Nashville for two reasons. One, I picked them to win the Cup early this season. I may have mentioned that in the past. Um, And also, I don't want to have the damn Blackhawks-Penguins conversation. I just don't want to have it. I don't care. I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't think it makes Pittsburgh better or the Hawks worse. If the Penguins do win three like the Hawks, I just don't want to have the conversation because I hate it. I hate it i hate it did i mention that
0: yeah you you did mention it um i i could have picked a reason to root for pittsburgh mainly that detroit doesn't have their playoff streak anymore and they won't they wouldn't be able to brag about being the last team to win back-to-back cups anymore so that'd be nice it'd be nice to you know completely rob detroit of everything that they you know makes them cool um but instead I'm rooting for Nashville because I generally root for the team that has never won. So I, I like seeing a team win the Stanley cup for the first time or any championship at all. So last year in the NBA finals, I was rooting for Cleveland to win the title. This year I was rooting for the Falcons to win the super bowl. It's, I, I always am rooting for the team that has not been there before and has never ascended the mountains. So between that and P.K. Subban, that was enough incentive for me to root for Nashville.
1: And me picking them.
0: Nah, I don't really give a crap about that. You've been bragging about that too much.
1: Swing. All right. Email uh, you know, <laughs> here from Kevin Shreves from Nebraska. I assume Kevin will not want the breakfast from Chuck's. Shreves! Um, we, he we can give always... it to a
0: relative or a loved one.
1: Sure. We can always send him a hockey card, too. Uh, with the 6 to 6 <laughs> i I'm going to get fired Dr. by Comcast Dr. for Crow's saying that. on the mind there. <laughs> with the success the Penguins ah. are having with young players, is there anyone in the system that you can think can come up and make a big splash? Um, he said he has season tickets to the Nebraska Omaha. Um, I don't know what that is. That's a university, Nebraska. bro. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, he asked about Luke Snugerud, a Blackhawks prospect who's coming ah, up, that's and a if good, had a chance to evaluate him at all.
0: Good name poll there.
1: Yeah, so Snuggerud finished the year last year with uh yeah, I'm an idiot. I just totally was like what am I reading? Yeah, University of Nebraska Omaha. Yeah. Played there last season 39 games. He's a defenseman, left-handed shooting defenseman. 31 points in 39 games, pretty solid season, I'd say. Uh then joined the Rockford IceHogs for 13 games uh with a goal and five assists, finished uh minus 2. Um so decent showing in Rockford. I've not seen him play personally aside from prospects camps and things like that i will say this when i've seen him in those settings um he's definitely stood out as a guy who um is among the better of their prospects that's about all i can really tell you about him i don't know if you have more on him james but uh Sunderwood is a guy just talking to people in the organization that's definitely going to be part of things here uh maybe if not next year the, the the following year he's definitely in the plans i just don't know if he's the sort of guy that's going to come up and change the organization you know, on day one or anything.
0: He's not going to lead the NHL in scoring as a rookie, I don't think, or playoff scoring as a rookie like Jake Gunsel is doing for the Penguins. Like, I I definitely, I'm excited to see him at prospect camp this summer. He's one of the guys that I'm definitely going to be watching very closely. I know a lot of people are going to be watching Alex DeBrincat, so I'm going to kind of stay away from that story a little bit, I think, when I'm over there at Johnny's Ice House West. I yes. think Snuggerud is he is definitely a guy that I'm going to be checking out, and I'm really going to be kind of keeping a close eye on him and kind of evaluating his game, along with the... I think I'm definitely going to be watching defensemen a lot this year because this team needs a guy from their system to step up on the blue line. So between the blue liners and Snuggerud, I think I'm going to have my hands full at prospect camp, and it's going to be a really interesting time this year.
1: Yeah, well, the burn Cat is the one who is... Um, if you're talking about an immediate impact, that's the guy. That's the guy that's going to come up here and is, is expected to be a contributor as soon as they decide he's ready for the league. And the problem is he's a little bit small. Um, what is he, 5'6 or something like that? Oh, it's Very not like small he's going to get any
0: taller, man.
1: No, but he gets stronger. He yeah. can certainly get stronger. I mean, you see, I think, like, Nick Schmaltz is going to be a guy who next year, you're going to see a major difference in his game because I think he's spending a lot of this offseason just getting bigger and stronger you saw Patrick Kane evolve from his first couple years to now, where Kane is is built like a. I mean, dude, Kane is ripped now, mm-hmm. and you've seen since he's gained that strength, he's taken his game to another level. Um, you'll see that from DeBrinket over time. You'll see it from Nick Schmaltz soon. So as these guys, I mean, keep in mind how young these guys are, right? They're they're not even fully adult yet. Um, they're gonna grow physically, and when they do, they're gonna be major factors. And DeBrinket is that guy. I don't know if he's NHL ready next year. I think he's going to get every chance he can to make the team next year. He does have a pro deal signed, um, but that's the sort of guy, if you're saying immediate impact, that's probably the name to keep an eye on. You've also got the development of Vincent Henestrosa, which should take a step next year. He, everything last year I liked, except he couldn't put the puck in the net. Hopefully that's the last thing to come in his game. And people that have played with him before, um, like Ryan Hartman, who I've spoken to about Henestrosa, has said, it always takes him a little while when he jumps to a level to add the offense, right? He'll get up the speed, he'll play the system right, play well defensively, but the goals are the last thing to come for him. Hopefully that holds true in the NHL. And if he can start pumping some some pucks in the net and put put up like Richard Panic numbers, dude, they're in really good shape if that's the case. So um man, I'm really looking forward to, to next year. It's gonna be great uh seeing these young players develop, seeing who steps up in this offseason. Is going to be absolutely riveting. So before we wrap up the show, we're going to take a quick break and come back and award the emailer of the show and wrap things up. You're listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Welcome into our final moments of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I feel like going and getting a sweater from the closet like Mr. Rogers right now, just because we're kind of winding down and we're going to give out a delicious breakfast and a hockey card to someone and it just feels like we're putting a nice little bow on our first podcast as a member of the Blog Talk Radio family. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a interesting feeling, but it's a cool feeling nonetheless.
1: All right. Well, I have pulled the winner. So you have to pick. I pulled the winning card. You need to pull the winning winner. <laughs> Not physically. Pulled, I but am going winning. to.
0: I am going to pick the winning email you have picked the winning emails victory card and their delicious breakfast from Chuck's, which I'm insanely jealous that they are getting. So I should probably just pick me for having the brilliant Artemi Panarin trade idea. But alas, I'm not eligible. So without further ado, I am going to say that Kevin Shreves is our winner today. And I know you may not be able to use the breakfast, Kevin, but if you know somebody that can... By all means, pick that person, but you will be getting an awesome hockey card. in Jay, who is that card of?
1: Oh, these are stuck together. Okay, I got you. You're going to have to make a decision here for Kevin. Oh, God. I have a, what is this? Upper Deck, 1996, Zygmunt Pelfi, (laughs) with the mullet flowing and the Gortons Fisherman Islanders jersey. Or a 1990, what year is this? Hold on. 94 Pinnacle Michael Pekka rookie card. (laughs) Now, the Pekka one's probably more valuable.
0: Which is exactly why I'm, like, all of a sudden torn about what I'm going to do, because the Ziggy startup. The Ziggy Stardust card was the first one I was going to go with, man. And you know what? I'm sticking with that. Sorry, Kevin Shreves. <laughs> you right. don't get valuable here. You get what I find humorous. Dang it.
1: Back in the pile goes Michael Peck's rookie card for <laughs> someone else to win another day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Kevin Shreves is going to kick both of our butts.
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: He's like, All right. is, That's not only be- do I not get breakfast, I don't get friggin' Michael Peck a rookie card.
1: Yeah, good job. Man, I might, to fi- I might have to have a new winner picker. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe in Burbank and Darien, visit Chuck's Cafe. Com. Thank you so much for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Until next week, for my partner, James Neville I am Jay Zawoski. Have a great rest of your week. We love you and we'll miss you. Until next time, goodbye. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart.